All right, good day to you. My name is Fred Oakman, and today with me is listener, patron supporter, gamer, and friend, Mr. LJ Ocker. And we are PS This Is Awesome, a PlayStation podcast. This is episode 280. Mr. Jake Peters is currently in Nashville for a work thing this week. And this is a show where we share our feelings about the current state of PlayStation. So before we get on with the show, I want to invite you all to subscribe to our channel on YouTube, youtube.com slash awesome. If you want to make fun of our trophy list on the PlayStation Network, you can find me at anchorless underscore 81, Mr. LJ Ocker at blip underscore McDougal, and lastly, Mr. Jake Peters at jakesaw01. And if you want to make fun, oh, sorry, and as always, sorry, you can write our show at awesome at gmail.com. It wouldn't be awesome if I just script the intro in some way, shape, or form. And uh, so you can write us PSS is awesome at gmail.com most importantly don't forget to share the show with your friends be sure to leave comments and rate the podcast as you see fit as a reminder we're a video podcast as well so you can watch our show if you prefer over at youtube and you can look at our awesome uh old man aging i'm older than lj i believe but uh yeah we're just older gamers doing this kind of thing so make sure you subscribe to us over there and for new and or long time listeners we have a patreon and you can support our show for one dollar a month it's a one dollar level called the one and only one dollar club so head over to patreon.com slash ps this is awesome and you can become a one dollar patron and get a free die cut vinyl sticker in the mail and a shout out on our show so, LJ, before we get started and I ask you how you're doing, thank you for joining us for episode 280. I appreciate it. LJ, you've been on an episode before. I don't remember what episode it was at this point. Do you remember what episode number it was? I don't. This is actually my third time. Third. Yeah. You, you Wait. Third? Wow. That's yeah. right. Yeah, I do remember. You've been on twice. Yes. Okay. Okay. I stand corrected. Thank you. I don't remember what episodes they were, though. Um, it's been a minute, though. So while the listeners <laughs> haven't heard from you in a while, you and I still keep touch outside of the show from time to time. And uh, as I said before, Jake is on a work trip, so we're very happy to have you so I don't have to do another solo show by myself. Uh, so we will give the listeners something to listen to, some back and forth, some commentary. Um, but how are you doing? We're recording this Friday night. It's Yeah, pretty good. Ninth, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to be down on a Friday night. Uh the weather here um, in Indianapolis is gorgeous. Um, got some plans this weekend to spend with my family, um, do some stuff around the house. So, yeah, life is good. What about you? Yeah, man, very good. Um, I'm happy to hear that. It, usually, you know that I'm usually doing gigs on the weekends. I have two weekends where I don't have any concerts. So I, <laughs> this bathroom project, and if, if Jake were here, he would be making fun of me. Like, why are you still working on the bathroom? So, like... I had like silicone caulk I had to put up where the where the where the tile meets the wall and I had a little scare last night because it 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 says clearer so I did a line I did a line I did a line of silicone <laughs> on the tile where it meets the wall and it came out white like as white as ever and like we have black grout and I'm like oh shit so then I panic and I look at the bottle and it says like it dries clear. And I'm like, I don't know if I fucking believe this. So I stopped in my tracks. It says it could take up to a couple days to be as clear as it need, like as you want it. And I'm like, that's a, that's a long wait. So just out of concern for screwing up this bathroom, we put so much time, effort, labor of love into and paid a lot of money as well. Um, I paused and I woke up this morning and the silicone was, was clear as can be. So I've got the, I've got good stuff. So I've been doing that. I did that this morning. Uh, or sorry, when I got back from work, my job, without going into detail what I do or where I work, 
uh, have been offering overtime lately. So I've got overtime tomorrow morning. I'm going to do uh, 8 to 12. And then I'm going to have a little bit of downtime. Uh, the wife has a busy week. This is my weekend to be home just chilling. So she's going to be out with her friends. I'm having a Hero Quest night. We're bringing Hero Quest back now that the bathroom is pretty much done. Um, so we're, we're going to have a Hero Quest game night from 5:30 until whenever with some friends, have a couple drinks, hang out, play board games. It's going to be really exciting. But I'm doing well, man. I'm kind of tired. I'm sore. Um, you know this. The Canadian wildfires are like a really big problem right now, and uh, heart goes out to anybody who's who's been impacted by that which most most people in our listening area have been to a degree if it's just not air pollutant but um you know just other things have been going on and, and the poor folks in canada don't seem to have the fire the 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 crews did really get things under control right now so um hope everybody's safe out there but i did start running again and uh i just got into my regimen where i'm like I'm, it's now a habit, right? I've gotten to the point where like they see two weeks and it's like a habit. So this happens with the fire stuff and our air quality isn't fantastic. And I'm like, I don't know if I should be out there like huffing and puffing and running on the track. So like I feel like this is so not even a big deal. But for me, I've been looking forward to going out and running a lot and I've been doing really well and enjoying it. But um, I haven't gone out this week and I already feel kind of like a slack ass because uh, I'm using – I know how I work and I know I'm going to use this as an excuse to not do it. Um, so I got to bounce back. You know what I mean? I got to bounce back. Next week's – Oh, yeah. So – but I'm good, man. Thank you for asking. Uh, do you, Yeah, man. Are, are you a runner? Do you do anything like that? No, I used to work out yeah. and lift and do some cardio and stuff, but ever since my third child came along that uh, went to the wayside. I mean, I have, I have time, but I just make excuses kind of like you're talking about. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm happy that you uh, jump back in and maybe once the air quality gets a little back out there. Yeah, appreciate that, man. You look great, by the way. Yeah, you, you look super healthy. You look, look like you're ready to kick ass somewhere. Um, your Orioles hat. I should have worn my Pirates hat today, huh? Yeah, for sure. Buckos. Well, hey, man. Um, the first thing we do on this show is we talk about games that we're playing. And LJ, I'm really curious to hear what you're what you've been diving into lately. I'll talk briefly about some of the games that I've been playing. And uh, you know, time is always limited. Like like you said, you've got a big family to take care of. You have, you work full time. I work full time. I've got music all the time. I've got this bathroom project. We don't, for the listeners, we don't get the game probably as much as we like, and we probably honestly game more than we should, <laughs> being adults. But uh, you know, with other responsibilities. But uh, for the listeners, I'm still trying to get through the 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 Yuffie DLC for Final Fantasy VII. Um, the issue with that is, is my dog, Charlie, who's with me down here right now, Yuffie has this hat that she wears that has like these ears on it and he thinks it's an animal. So I can't play the Final Fantasy seven DLC when I'm on like, when I'm dog sitting, like when the wife's away, um, which is really the only time I really get any rest to like, I have her bitch. She listens to this podcast, but like the only time I really don't have something I'm doing, um, you know, so so it's kind of like 
I don't know, the opposite of a good situation with getting that finish because when he's in the room with me, he has separation anxiety. So this is why. Like people are probably like, why don't you just put him in a crate or why don't you just leave him alone? Like he really, really, his heart starts racing. He really has some issues when he's left alone. So, And we love him to death, so we feel terrible about it. And I'm sure there are different things we can do, whatever, to curb those those behaviors. But we just don't because, we again, we don't have time. So um, she works from home. He's around one of us. 24 7 and that's the way he prefers it um but whenever i play the yuffie dlc dude he's just hopping on two legs like jumping by the playstation just going ballistic and i i just can't play it right now so what i did do is i jumped back into Warzone, and uh because i knew they they put some new maps and stuff on there and the gulag's different now i don't know if you played Warzone recently dude it's interesting like Warzone is such a good game it takes about an hour and a half to get used to it again when you're out of it and not even get proficient or good like you were, but it takes a while. The whole upgrading structure has been redone for the operators and the stuff. If you're not a part of Battle BattleNet or Battle Pass, whatever it is, and you're just doing the freebie stuff, it's really – I still haven't quite figured out what I need to do to get the unlocks and stuff. But uh, I'll say this, man. That game is a lot of fun and it handles so well. And uh, the Gulag is different for anyone who hasn't played it in a while. The, gu- the Gulag now, instead of being two versus two, the one that I'm playing, it's one versus one. And if you don't take out the opponent in like the first 10, 12 seconds, um, a flag will show up. And then it's like capture the flag. So it becomes like this crazy, frenetic, short, very short time span, like this thing of like, you know, survive or die. And uh, it's pretty pretty intense, actually. But, uh, yeah, man, those are the two games that I'm playing. How about you, LJ? So, but before I talk about that, that's interesting about Warzone because um, when I first started playing, that's how it was. And then it switched to 2v2 with that. There was, like, some prisoner warden jailer. or something that would come. you the jailer. Um, so that's interesting. It... it uh, Switch back, and I've been itching to play, so maybe we'll have to, uh, maybe we'll have to give it a go. Um, I the games I've been playing are, like you said and alluded to earlier, um, just because of lack of time. Um, just been playing games I can jump into and jump out. So I've been ripping a lot of Fortnite recently. Uh, yeah. I got pretty hooked on that, to be honest. Yeah. Um, Actually, the new season started, new chapter or whatever season, I don't know, started today. And I was up to like a level 110-ish. Um, yeah, so it helped. Wow. I had some friends from church that I play with. Shout out to Rogers. And anytime you have people to play a game with, it just makes it more enjoyable, enjoyable in my opinion. Yeah. People you know. Um, and then a buddy from work uh, showed me Destiny 2 a couple weeks ago. And uh, I was like, I heard you and Jake talk about it, how well the shooting mechanics are. So I was like, I'm going to give this a try. So I've played a little bit of that. Like you folks said, the shooting is freaking awesome. It's a little confusing. Like, not only the story, but like, what am I doing here? Like, where do I go? Um, It's kind of hard to jump into, in my opinion. Um, But it's still really fun. It's a pretty game. It's easy to to get in and get out, but basically we've been playing those two games. Um, I did finally bite the bullet and get an ex, uh, not an external, um, another internal SSD, got a two terabyte one. Um, 
and, and I know I told you this, but super easy to install, like incredibly easy. Sony did a great job. So happy to have that. And I have to like think about what games are going to delete, what games are going to add. Cause pretty much everyone in my family plays. So, yeah. um, you know, when you add all those games up, it takes up a lot of space. So it really does. That's awesome. I saw something on Reddit where somebody was trying to replace their in, or not replace, but install an internal SSD like that on the expansion slot. And they said that there wasn't a spacer. Like there's just didn't come with a spacer. And I'm like, oh man, that would suck. Now chances are that thing's so tiny. They probably just lost it and didn't realize it. You know what I mean? But, uh, that, that was, a that was kind of, that would be a problematic situation. I think, um, for sure. Yeah. It's just such a minor part of that installation. It's like the only thing that really matters is just make sure you have that spacer in the right place. And uh, if it didn't come with it, then you're just kind of you're kind of screwed. But very good, man. How, how many gigabytes was yours? Did you get two? I got two terabytes. Oh, that's yeah, just, what I meant. Sorry, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, because just a little bit more. You know why not? I think it goes up to four can handle. There's a new one. So. Yeah, I think WD has a four terabyte now that they announced, and it's like five hundred some dollars or something. It's like four hundred dollars. Yeah. It's just like, dude, just buy another PlayStation for that. For that, you know what I mean? Yeah, mine was, I got the, um, you're good. I got the, uh, Western digital black. I think that's what you got as well. And for two terabytes, it was like 160. Yeah. So that seems reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. And from what I understand, the PlayStation five is only about a little less than 700 gigabytes. So a two terabyte, which it gives you that full amount is about three times what that was. So we got quite a bit of space. Yeah, because there's no OS or anything on it, right? It's just straight storage, right. so it's perfect. Yeah, very cool, man. Well, usually, uh, well, usually we talk about listener feedback on the show, and I was really kind of bummed out. Um, I think we've scared away all of our listeners, man. Uh, you know, I think Jake g- gave um, Big Box a, a hard time on the last episode, and um, you know, played by Ken, man. I hope he's all right. Maybe he's back down in Australia. Maybe, maybe they. Maybe maybe ice caught him and sent him away or something. I don't know. No, I don't. <laughs> so so the listeners who always write in, um, not a lot of action uh, this week on the podcast, but that's fine. So that, I mean, the way I look at that is either we did everything absolutely correct last episode and no one had any any gripe to pick with us, or we're just doing worse and people quit listening. So it's one or the other. Either we're spot on or we're way off. So <laughs> if you do want to write this show, like I said earlier, awesome at gmail.com or leave a comment on our YouTube video. Our preferred way is that you just sign up for a dollar a month and leave us some messages on Patreon. Patreon That that goes a long ways for us. We appreciate it as we try to build this listener base. But uh, very good, man. And uh, before we get into the news, I want to let everybody know that you and I, LJ, we're going to be discussing the Summer Games Fest. Um, we're going to be talking about it. That was the big thing that happened this week and our impressions, what was shown, all that kind of stuff, maybe some personal standouts from what was shown. But before we do that, we have a we have a system on the show. And the system is is that we get into news before we really get into anything else. And there's not a lot of news points because the Summer Games Fest pretty much was the news, the news of the week. And there's some interesting reveals that we're going to talk about um, and maybe some less than interesting things that they showed as well. But the first news point that I have, and uh, it's it's kind of 
I don't know, expected at this point is that in keeping with their current strategy, Sony has announced they will not be at Gamescom this year. Now, Gamescom is in Germany. Um, I think the last time they were at Gamescom was 2019. And uh, this news comes away at Push Square. And uh, it's just like, this is a really weird strategy for Sony to have. It's like the new PlayStation or something. Like, they used to, well, it's also like the new era where, like, we don't have a lot of these big expos and when covid kind of happened in what 2021 or so and a lot of these these uh events became like streaming or digital and then you got to think like to have an awesome showing at one of these things it's got to cost money and i think they're just streamlining and they're kind of running their own narrative their way and on their timeline so this doesn't force them to come up with something by the time Gamescom is around. They're not forced to do E3. They're not forced to do Summer's Game Fest. They're not forced to do anything. They just do it how they want to do it on their timeline. That gives them time not to. This is my opinion, not to rush things out the door prematurely just to have just to show. Because if you don't show anything, people are going to be like, "What the hell? So I need to show anything." You know what I mean? So like, if you're just not there, people don't really have any room to talk. Because you can't lose if you don't show anything. So I think that's kind of their new strategy, and they're sticking with these uh, state of plays. And even though the showcase, we have mixed feelings on that, but um, wasn't everything every, everybody wanted it to be, um, there are rumors that they might have another showcase this later this year. But what's your take on them just kind of opting out of all of these game conventions? I mean, kind of like what you said, I think it makes sense. The first thought that came to my mind was kind of control, right? So like you said, they can control the narrative. Um, they can limit leaks, right? Because less hands um, in the kitchen. So I'm not too surprised. I think things will go more and more that way. Mm-hmm. And I mean, honestly, it's like how much news can you spread out? Like we just had the showcase then gamers calm and then, um, or the uh, summer game fest and, um, yeah, so I, I think it's just about control and keeping keeping the cards close to the chest. Yeah, I think it's a smart move, especially while they're perceivably on top right now. You know, there's no read to no need to get people excited for a game that's going to come out in three years from now. You know what I mean? Like, just mm-hmm. why announce that stuff? Um, you know, we've seen them. You know, Pixel Opus them shut down that studio. The issues they're having with factions, like they're. I don't think they're. They have a need to be showing anything right now. So um, I think if we're just patient, we're going to get really good quality stuff from them. But uh, patience is, is is definitely part of that. So next news point um, that I have here. Now, this one might not even interest anybody, but I, I'm a really big fan of horror movies. And I remember this Friday the 13th game came out a while back on PS4. And it was like an online kind of like survival game where it's like a group of people try to survive. And one person got to be Jason, chase people down. Um Apparently, the game studio is losing the – they're not losing the license. It's just expiring the license Friday the 13th. And when that happens, you know, they're going to quit selling the game. You're not going to be able to purchase it or anything. However, if you did buy the game, it is going to remain active all the way through December of 2024. So you have another year to get your game out of it to play it. But um, it's just kind of interesting to think that, like, a license can dictate that. You know what I mean? Like the, the studio puts so much time into this game and then like, oh, the license expires. And now you're not allowed to even like sell it anymore. You can't. That's, that's Hopefully they made their money back on it. I think the game was received pretty well. It was really fun when it came out. I played it a couple of times. I, I wasn't great at it. Um, it was suspenseful. 
But uh, it's it's you know I, I would like to see like a really maybe like triple A Friday Thirteenth game or something somehow. Like I think a games like Resident Evil Two, where uh, wh- whoever that big guy is, it kind of chases you through all the listeners will know. I know you don't play a lot of horror games, but I forget who he is. But it's this guy and he's kind of stalking you throughout the whole whole game almost, breaking through walls and it's like. Um, Oh, there you're back. You, you disconnected back. for a second. He's back. Yeah. But uh, breaking through walls and stuff like that, and he's chasing it. It's so scary. Um, I'd like to see like a AAA Friday 13th game. Speaking of Friday 13th, on a side note, did you see that one of my land got a gig with Off With Their Heads on on October? Yeah, October, Friday the 13th. Yeah. Nice. That's how I know the date. So I'm so excited to play, like, finally, like, a, a big, big show, like a better show or whatever, but... We're excited to, to bring it that night. But, yeah, so that's Friday 13th quip for you. Um, you, you care anything about Friday 13th, the game here, LJ? Not really. I mean, it's sad for the people that are, you know, invested in it. Um, what kind of game is it? It's just like an online co-op game where one person is Jason. So, okay. So you try to get the gas. You try to find the gas can. All the, all the things that you need to get are in different locations every round. And, and there are different ways to you can kill Jason, you can get away, you got to escape from him, all these different things. And um, there are different methods of hiding from him and not getting killed. And it's like a co op thing. So it was kind of fun, actually. Um, it wasn't like the best graphics, it was definitely double A feeling, but uh, it did really well, actually, better than any G.I. Joe game has ever done. So, you know, God, I got no room to talk. Um, Dude, this this next news point is really weird. And in the news story, read strange too. And then the tw- the tweet or the company's response or explanation was really weird. I don't even get it. But Vampire: The Masquerade Bloodlines Two is supposed to be coming to PlayStation Five, PS Four. Um, Paradox Interactive is the developer, uh, and uh, uh, wait, maybe the publisher? It might be the publisher. I got to look into that. I don't even know. If Jake were here, he would know. LJ, do you know? Jake I loves to correct me on shit like this. I'm not saying that, that you have a responsibility to do it. I have a responsibility to fucking know, but I didn't I didn't do my homework. But Paradox Interactive, regardless, and then I have a note here that the publisher for Vampire Masquerade Bloodlines 2 is refunding all physical pre-orders and giving the option for gamers who pre-ordered the digital version to request a full refund. The reason they've come out and said the reason that we're doing this is that, you know, we started the pre-order a long, long time ago. Um, so they went live a while back. And since then, the game has evolved. And uh, we're updating our special editions and bonus content. And we want to provide the best value to those who support the game via digital pre-order after all this time. This just stinks of like, I don't even know what this means. Like, just, it is super odd. I mean, it's kind of cool that they're doing that instead of just keeping people's money. But I agree, it is odd. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, like, it, it is it. It could be like we're going to give you your money back, but then we're going to come out with this special edition that's going to cost fifty dollars more. That's going to include everything we come up with, and you can buy that. Or because probably what they're perceiving is that they, if they lock these people into the original game. And and don't give them an opportunity to buy these huge special editions they're coming up with. Someone could complain. It'd be like these weren't made available right. pre order. So I would have went this way, but now I got pigeonholed into having the original game, and now I got to buy all this stuff piecemeal. 
You know, so maybe that's the logic, but I kind of read this initially that there are issues with the game, just reading between the lines, but I, it's hard to say, man. Um, it's just a really weird move. I mean, you know, CD Projekt Red should have done this with Cyberpunk, but but just been like, yo, dude, the game sucks right now for PS4 owners, and we're just going to give you your money back. Give it back until it's ready. These guys are like, maybe we might be able to make more money off you guys. So here, we're going to give your money back, and you can give us more later when we put these bonus editions out. I don't know. It's just really weird. It is. Yeah, I'd be interested to know what the pre-order price was before versus what it will be. <laughs> it was like a forty-nine. It was like a forty-nine ninety-nine game or fifty-nine. Now they're making a seventy or something. Exactly. <laughs> we don't know that. That's just speculation, listeners. But uh, you heard it here first. If that's what happens, um, let me see here. Yeah, this next news point. Let me just get my notes down here. Um, I should kind of do these in advance, and I don't know why I never am prepared. But uh, the next news point, we're going to talk more about this maybe later. But uh, at Summer's Game Fest, they, the Summer Summer Games Fest, they did announce Marvel Spider-Man 2 release date. And it's going to be an October 20th, 2023 release. So that's nice, dude. I love – it's like the perfect time to start gaming harder. It's like when it starts getting cold out, summer slowing down – you know, we're, we're sliding into winter. Um, it's perfect. I like the release window. I like I like that it's cu- it's coming out. We have a date. It's not like Christmas. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's October 20th, so early in the quarter. So what do you think of that release date? Do you like it? I love it. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, perfect time to start gaming a little heavier. I remember Jake mentioned something about, you know, he was kind of speculating if maybe they would just be like, it's coming out in two weeks. Um, <laughs> so they chose not to take that approach, I guess. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm super excited about that game. I love that studio. And I mean, from the game uh, or the trailer from um, uh, State of Play, um, the UI is a little weird to me. Mm. Um, I wish they would have kind of stuck with what they had, but uh, I'm I'm super pumped about it. it. Looks fantastic. I mean, some of the best games for PS5 for sure. Yeah, dude, it's it's probably I, I very seldom say day one purchase, but I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna be playing that bad boy as soon as it comes out because I don't want it spoiled. And I've played the original Spider-Man. I, you know, the one thing I didn't play was the DLC for Spider-Man, which is weird. I don't know why I never played that. But I did do Miles Morales, and that was fantastic. Um, that game just blew my mind. I had like a, yep. I had a moment playing Miles Morales with just the ray tracing and how good it looked. And I was like, man, it's so awesome to see where gaming has come. Like it's just so nice, you know. Such, such yep. a treat for us older gamers. Um, <laughs> but yeah, dude, I just can't believe they're making games like they are right now. It's absolutely cool. So yeah, Marvel Spider Man Two. Um, Definitely going to be uh, a game that I will be playing when it comes out. And uh, the next one is interesting. I don't remember this game back in the day, but there was a horror game. And it was a classic PlayStation game called Siren. I believe it was a PlayStation game. And Sony did this weird announcement about how it's the 20th anniversary of Siren. And there's some speculation that they might be bringing this title back. And uh, I personally don't care because i don't know it and i you know if it's good enough to bring back and they can do something good with it then great but i'm not familiar with what siren is um i can pull it up real quick 
let me see here. It says Siren Series. It's a survival horror stealth game. I recognize the cover art, but as a guy who never has been into horror games, I wouldn't have played this, but um, I mean, that's the thing to do these days is you know, reboot, remaster. So, which I'm not saying is a bad thing, but yeah. So Japan studio was, uh, it was a thing. I don't I think they've been shuttered since, but, um, this was originally developed by a studio within Japan studio called, uh, let me see here. Project siren was the name of the studio. It came out on uh PlayStation two in 2003. I do remember this cover art. I agree with you. Um, so, man, I, I'll tell you one thing that Sony does, and it seems like they don't shy away from horror games, which is crazy. Yeah. I don't know if that's a culture thing that like or if it's just like they recognize that there's a there's a a thirst for those kind of games. Like, I don't I don't know. I don't know a lot of people that love those games, but they're all over the place. Yeah, my brother-in-law is a big uh, horror game guy. In fact, uh, this past April, we went out to Pittsburgh for my nephew's uh, birthday party and I brought my VR and he was like, I want to try Resident Evil. And he played it for an hour or two and loved it. Um, but yeah, you know, now that you say that, it, that makes so much sense because when I hear horror games, I think of PlayStation. I don't think of Switch, Xbox, PC. Yeah. Not to say they don't have any, but like, yeah, PlayStation seems Sony seems to go all in on on horror games, so not too surprising. Yeah, I mean, I, all that stuff, like the, the Resident Evil stuff, the Blair Witch stuff. The uh, I, I feel like all of those. Um, oh man, the games I get made fun of for liking. Um, oh, oh, Man of Medan and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Who makes those? I can't remember, dude. Dark Picture Trilogy is that what it's called? Yeah, the Dark Pictures Anthology. Yeah, Anthology. Those are great. Um, you know, I, I love like Outlast and all those, you know, even Soma could be considered. I, I, I do associate those with Sony and PlayStation, even though, like you said, I think those games are available on other platforms to a degree. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, for some reason, I just maybe it's just because that's how I play them. But I wonder if people who play on other consoles or even PC rather associate horror games specifically with Sony or if that's just kind of my own leanings to liking Sony products. I don't know. Interesting. Um, This next one is kind of wild. Let me see. Uh, Where are we on time? Um, 30.58. Sorry, I'm still writing down the timestamps for all the YouTubers that that are going to watch this later. It looks like you might have added some stuff to this one. I did. Which is awesome. I'll let you talk about that. But the only note that I had on here was Street Fighter VI has sold a million copies already. And all I'm thinking is that really bodes well for the franchise. Before I heard the game is really capable and it's really, really good. It's being well received. Um, and then you have some scores on here. Yeah, I've heard Street Fighter VI is doing really good. Um, I'm going to butcher this, but um, Amitsu. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, which is like a Japanese um, magazine, uh, has a scoring system where they give four critics um, a skill of zero to 10, and they each rate a game. Um, and 29 games have gotten a perfect 40, and Street Fighter 
Six is one of those games. The last PlayStation game was Ghost of Tsushima. Um, so that's pretty high praise. I mean, you're talking 29th game of all time for like the past 35 plus years. Yeah, that's crazy. Not even like a 39, but a straight 40. Like no one went nine. They all give it 10. No one went nine. Yep. Like nine, nine. Yeah, could, that's pretty impressive, man. That's got to be a tough score to get. Like you said, 29th game. Wow. That's interesting. I didn't realize that's how they rated their games over there. Well, it's just this one magazine, right. I guess. Um, I did read uh, right before we jumped on, actually, and I'm probably going to butcher this. I should pull it up. But something about Street Fighter Six was going to have um, almost like a battle pass kind of thing, and it's been delayed um, just because they're having, like, technical network difficulties. So um, that's kind of a bummer, but and I hope it doesn't hurt the game. Uh but yeah, I've heard so many people say good things about Street Fighter Six. Yeah, man, I I love the Street Fighter games. It was like my introduction, obviously, to like fighters. You know what I mean? Like fighter games like this. It was like I went from beat 'em ups from like Final Fight, Double Dragon, and all these other things that were just like TMNT, Turtles in Time, that kind of stuff. And then it was like Street Fighter. Like, that was it, dude, in the arcade. And it was, like, when you had six characters. Like, like I don't know. It was, like, you had Blanca, uh, E. Honda, Chun-Li, Ryu, Ken, uh, Guile, and uh, who's the other one? Zangief, I think, were, like, the main ones. There might have been one other. Did I say Chun-Li? I think I did. Um, you did. Yeah, but there was, like, just, like, that core group of fighters. And, like, I just remember, like, how awesome that was because essentially to me back then I, you know being a kid being like really into G, not to bring G.I. Joe into it again but like <laughs> but like everybody in G.I. Joe has like this persona and they, they had a look every character has a certain look certain you know their outfit was certain colors they had special skills and I equated like what I liked about G.I. Joe with what I liked about Street Fighter was like all these different characters were from somewhere. Like G.I. Joe, all the good guys were from somewhere. They had a little bio. And like Dusty was like, you know, the guy, the desert guy. And like, you know, Snake Eyes was the silent ninja. And, you know, it was really, really cool. Like Roadblock was the chef, but he was also carried the biggest gun. And it was like, oh, cool. All these people, they, they all look different. They've all come from different areas of the country. And uh, they all have their own special, special things in G.I. Joe. And then you, you sit down in front of like, something like street fighter and it's like all of these characters are so colorful in their own regard and it's like this is so neat and they found such a good way to delineate between the characters it's like okay they're from different countries awesome what what can this person do and their move sets and like the skills and like you know how maybe zangief's really slow but really powerful but then you have someone like Dalzim who has a reach like half the screen you know what i mean and and can just hit him before he can get to you or whatever so it's just like it was so thought out street fighter that like i'm so happy it hasn't you know cuz so many decent games from back in the day just go to the wayside over over the years and it's so nice that street fighter has found an audience and it's got this you know um perpetual love that people just have for it so i i it is a game and i know i don't play fighter games like this much but um it is a game i would love to sit down and play with 
Um, you know, I'm not going to spend 70 bucks on it right now, but, uh, it is, it is something I really want to sink my teeth into at some point and maybe catch it on a sale or something down the road and just play with. So do you have any fond memories of playing street fighter growing up LJ or anything? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I played uh street fighter two turbo on the super Nintendo. Yeah. I played the shit out of that game. Yeah. <laughs> dude. I love it, dude. I love, was M bison in street fighter two? Yeah. All right. I thought so. All right. Very good, man. Ah, next news point. This one is weird and it's, I'm not like rolling my eyes over here on this news point because I think it's earned, (laughs) honestly, but I think it's a little strange. So PS Studios is just PlayStation Studios. Um, Kojima Productions... Um, they have teamed up, and now there's a trailer for a film that is all about Hideo Kojima and the advent of Kojima Project Productions. Um, it appears that the film is going to dive into the thought process that Hideo has when he's making games and how he handles his studio and his creative mind, and it offers many interviews with actors and different talent along the way. Um, and it's just like. He is really, really talented, and the, and the stuff that he comes up with is super, super awesome. And it's shot in like an elegant way. This, this looks like this documentary. It's it's the first video game director documentary that I'm aware of that just follows the director around. I know Corey Barlog had a lot of like, uh, well, he was doing God of War, the remake for God of War. Um, I don't know if it was like developer sessions where like they would interview him and talk with him and there were some emotional moments and stuff. But like from what I can tell, this is a straight up film about Hideo Kojima. So it's kind of interesting and I'm definitely going to watch it. Like I said, I didn't eye roll because it seems a little – I don't want to say egotistical or like flexing. But, like, you know, for as kind as it seems Hideo Kojima is, he knows he's badass. Like, you know that he knows he's he's the shit, right? And, like, he makes sure you know when he directs a game. Um, it's got to be his way. You know what I mean? Like, he's, he's very particular, it seems. And for good reason. I mean, obviously, he puts out great stuff. But what's your take on a movie or documentary about... Hideo Kojima. I mean, for those who don't know, he is the guy behind Death Stranding. He's the mind behind Metal Gear. Um, he was he was like involved with uh, PT, which is a playable trailer. He was working on a project with uh, Guillermo del Toro. I mean, like he really is. He wants to be a movie maker. He wants to make movies, but he hasn't made any movies, as far as I know. He's just making games, and now he's like the subject of a movie. <laughs> And it's about himself. And it's so about it's like, him. And, and his studio little... is involved in like making the movie. So like he like runs a studio so he can make a movie about himself. <laughs> it's just like so fucking weird. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people will be interested. I definitely will be because um, he just seems like such an interesting dude. But yeah, it also kind of does seem egotistical to some degree. Um but, but it's earned, right? He has such a great reputation that, like, people like us want to watch that kind of thing. So it's just like, I mean, if 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 maybe it's more so about his studio, Kojima Productions, and less about him. But I mean, his name is part of the studio. You know what I mean? It's like, 
It'd be like if I started a studio. It'd be like if I started a record label and called it Oakman Records. You know what I mean? It's just like, why right. don't you name it something cool? But I guess like... And then sign yourself. Yeah. <laughs> there's branding. I get the branding. People know his name. He, he, he carries a lot of weight. You know what I mean? Like, people respect him. Um, he, and, and he's earned the respect. But it's just, it's just still rubs my uh, DIY punk rock ethos a little weird. Um, it just sits a little strange with me. That's all. I mean, I'm not saying it's wrong. It just it just sits a little off kilter. <laughs> Do you think he like uses it to like announce a game of his? Oh my gosh. If it's super meta, that would be awesome. Like if it's like if there's like secrets inside the video, like glyphs and stuff, yeah. and you gotta like scan and like find clues. Dude, that's something Kojima would do. Like he's he's so weird like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got to play it backwards or like you know sit on your head or something to like. I don't know. He'll probably release it in some sort of weird medium that requires like VR or something or like you know who knows what he's gonna do, man. I really thought when he was talking about Death Stranding, he was gonna be doing something on VR because he was like, no one's ever made a game like this before. You know, <laughs> it's like okay, mm-hmm. and he's not wrong. They haven't. You know, no one's ever made a stranding game like that before. And it's awesome. I got, dude, mm-hmm. right here, Bridges. I've got the hat on. Right. I freaking love it. I'm all about it. So this is coming from a dude with a Bridges hat on. I think it sits a little weird. That's all I'm saying. You know, that's all I'm saying. I'm not ripping on him or nothing. I He, he earned it, but it's just a little strange. Just a little, just a teeny bit. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm stoked for it, though, at the same time. So I'm double speaking. Um, dude, the next, next news point. Is uh, there was a RoboCop game getting made, and there are some streamers who have hands-on experience with it, and you can watch them play. It's called RoboCop Rogue City. Some of the gripes about the game is that it sits a little too close to the movies um, because you are playing RoboCop. Like you know, a lot of games like the Jedi movies, the Star Wars games, you're not playing like the main people in the in the movies themselves, or they're aping. But like, uh. They say the environment's really good in these games. In this game so far, the early kind of commentary on these uh, gameplay playthroughs is that, the, you know, it's just like, what, 20 seconds. It's not very long, but they kind of show you what the, it's a first-person game um, where you're going to have decisions as RoboCop. And uh, what a strange – I mean, why not? You know what I mean? Like, the atmosphere the environment's kind of cool. But, like, in today's world where, like, everybody is so – touchy about police to begin with and then it's like here's a cop game here we're gonna make robocop which is like a franchise that no one even really cares about as far as i'm concerned and then to make it exactly like robocop one and two like his his coming of how he becomes robocop story like he gets murdered then he comes back and then he doesn't know his family and then he's remembering him and then you know you have the ability as robocop to like solve these situations peacefully or as peaceful as possible or just going guns blazing right and it's just like i don't know man i don't i don't really have an interest in it outside of i'm curious to see how it does yeah it feels very niche i mean we've talked about this before with gi joe but you know if someone's going to use an ip like this they that's fine but it just has to be a good game like that has to be the focus and then robocop has to be second you know in the back seat um, but yeah, super Cuff weird. Him and put them in the back seat. Right there, you go. Yeah, it is weird. Unintended, dude. Yeah, yeah. I don't even. <laughs> I don't even know. 
I'm trying to think of another example of something like this. Um, and it's like this is probably the best example. Is like like who's like into RoboCop, right? Like like what's another? What would be like another one? It'd be like a. What was that Arnold Schwarzenegger movie where he pulls the tracker out of his Total Recall? It'd be like them making yeah. a Total Recall game. It'd be like, man, like you have to really love that movie. Because I don't think Robocop exists in any other iterations. I don't know if there's a big comic book or anything. I don't know if there's been novels. I think it's just the movies. I think so. I don't know, man. I mean, weird. If you want to see it, you can go online. People are playing the game. Um and then uh, the last little news point, and it's not, it's not even a news point, but it's just a reminder. And it's that, you know, while we just had Summer Games Fest, we also had the PlayStation Showcase, but we also have other showcases coming up. And, and part of these are probably part of the Summer Games Fest week. But we have a Capcom Showcase, and a Ubisoft Showcase, a Devolver Digital Showcase, and a Perna was – talked about at Summer Games Fest. They've got a showcase coming up in July. So while the Summer Games Fest was kind of like the big thing this summer, there are still going to be um, showcases from these from these developers and studios. So um, that's kind of still exciting. I don't have the dates on any of them here for you guys, but just remember that this Summer's Game Fest isn't the end of it in 2023. So there's more stuff to look forward to. Anything on that, LJ? Not really. Um, I'm kind of excited to see what Capcom does because I feel like they've been kind of killing it recently. But uh, yeah, lots of good stuff coming up. Yeah, dude. I I don't even know what they're doing. Um, I I I'm they're still making that GI Joe game, as far as I know. Well, actually, we haven't heard anything. The Wizards of the Coast were supposed to be working on it, but um, I would die if like they came out with just this baller GI Joe game. Like even in the Division Heartland, why can't we just get? Can't someone just get the GI Joe license and just give us some GI Joe characters to roll around in? Like that's all I really want. Like you said, like it's got to be a good game, and then like the rest just has to exist. Like right. why can't I have like Duke in the Division? It would be awesome. I don't know can't though never gonna happen it feels like the closest you ever get is a skin in Fortnite, which is not yeah, great they had a snake guy skin in there didn't they i don't know i thought there was i wouldn't be surprised yeah i think there was mm. all right listeners without further ado we need to get into the summer games fest this just occurred and uh we're fresh off of it i think it happened just what on when was it wednesday lj or was- mm-hmm. yeah so recording this yeah. on friday so I'm not even going to take a whole lot of notes after this. Um, we're just going to go through the stuff that we saw. And I'm going to kind of go in order with the releases that I have here. And we'll just offer some quick commentary. We don't need to go crazy about them unless, we get, unless we're super stoked about something. We want to talk about it. Um, the first thing that we saw was Ubisoft. Uh, they opened up Summer Games Fest with Prince of Persia, um, The Lost Crown. And it has a release date of January 18th, 2024. So for anyone who's been a long-time listener of the show, they know that I'm a huge fan of the game Strider. And I couldn't help but see striking similarities um, between Strider and this game. Like you've got a sword, right? You're the Prince of Persia. You've got a sword. You're bouncing around these different walls. You've got maybe some ranged attacks and stuff. And it looked kind of fast. It's like a 2D 
action side scroller with maybe some Metroidvania stuff. Um, dude, I'm gonna be honest. Out of the games that were shown, this was something that really caught me by surprise. Uh, they were reworking a Prince of Persia game a long time ago, and it just it just got scrubbed. But I remember the original Prince of Persia game on PC on my old Packard Bell, and uh, the graphics were amazing back then. But this is a whole different graphic art style. This is a whole different direction for the franchise. And, uh, you know, it looked really polished with what they showed. And I'm not going to lie. Like, if this game plays like Strider, if you guys go to our YouTube channel, I have, like, some Strider YouTube videos, gameplay of me playing that game. I loved that game. And I loved that game growing up. And uh, just something about it. And it felt like a faster-paced Ninja Gaiden or something. And it was just awesome. Um, like, old-school Ninja, Ninja Gaiden. But... Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown, actually impressed me. It looked good. LJ, anything on this? I agree. I thought it looked really good. I mean, from the reception that I'm seeing is kind of like hit or miss. I think some people are kind of turned off by the style. Um, But yeah, I thought it looked great. I would definitely try it out. Yeah, dude. Looks cool. Up next, we saw actual, saw some gameplay from Mortal Kombat 1. Saw some finishing moves. Saw this weird uh, cameo system they have with like bringing other characters in. Dude, this is another game like uh, Street Fighter that I, I, you know, Mortal Kombat came out after Street Fighter, and it really got its hooks into media at the time when it was released. It, uh, you know, was violence in video games and became like this really big news story for a year. Mortal Kombat was like sacrilegious to play and like it was like not good for kids. It was like the first really, really, truly violent game that had blood and stuff in it. And the characters looked kind of real because they were all captured with like photographs and stuff and in like some weird video technique, dude. But um they came out and they they said that Mortal Kombat one if he he kind of jabbed the audience. Did you hear him say this? He goes he goes, I don't know how many of you guys actually beat Mortal Kombat, but but above the last Mortal Kombat. And he goes, but the ending kind of ends with this, and it kind of does like this dimensional shift where everything changes. And he goes, we kind of use that as, as a way to restart Mortal Kombat. And he's like, in this version, like Scorpion and Sub Zero are brothers. You have team ups you normally wouldn't have between characters. You have, uh, you know, enemies that used to be friends. He said, so we're turning everything on its head and we're releasing it story wise that way. But, uh, Dude, this game always looks cool. I don't know. What do you think of Mortal Kombat 1? I think it looks awesome. Um, again, again, I'm kind of like you where it's not a game I really play. I wish I, I did because it looks badass. It's fun every time I do. I, I downloaded, I think it was Mortal Kombat 11 or whatever and played that a little bit. Yeah, um, but yeah I think it's cool. I think it's a nice way to kind of reset and I'm at it from a different angle. Cause it's like, if it is like the 12th mortal Kombat or whatever, it's like getting kind of stale. So just like the Marvel movies or whatever, you just, you do the whole multiverse thing and then the sky's the limit, you know, you can just incorporate whatever you want to. So the graphics just look unreal. Yeah. It's, it, so it's cool. Yeah. Those finishing moves were like, it like, does the whole x-ray thing where it shows the bone structures cracking and breaking. Like it just looks so brutal and you hear the bones crunch like, like in slow-mo. It's like, Oh dude, that's so vicious. 
Um, dude, I love it. I'm all in. I mean, I'm probably not going to buy it. I say I'm all in, but it doesn't mean I want to buy it. But I, I really think it's cool. And again, nothing but love for, uh, I think it was a Neversoft, Neversoft that's doing it. And then uh, I think that's who makes it. Who makes Mortal Kombat? <sighs> something like, something realm, Never Realm, Nether Realms, Nether Realm Studios. Uh, like I said, I'm not a huge fan of it. I want to say it's, is it? Is it, uh, there's been so many. Yeah, Netherwell. Yeah, Netherwell. Yeah, there you go. See, I was on that. Um, yeah, next one was Path of Exile 2. People are really excited about this game. I don't know a whole lot about it. Again, it's one of those ones that's just under my radar. I I don't really pay attention, but it, it looks like it plays a lot like the Diablo 4 or any of the Diablo games. It looked nice. I don't really have anything to say about it. LJ, do you have anything on that one? I don't. Okay. So moving on, Street Fighter 6. They had this weird thing with robotic. Is this the thing that they had to cancel or they pushed out the, the robotic characters? It's like online. Uh, this was more just a battle pass. So no, I think it's something different. They were like fighting like robot dinosaurs and stuff. Like the like Guile was like a robot. Like it was the weirdest thing I'd ever seen. I didn't even know what it meant. And then uh, <laughs> Jeff Keeley was said something like he he was like. He's like, yeah, sky's the limit here. Anything can happen here at Games Pass, you know? And it's just like, what did we just see? Um, it's like some sort of weird online-only Street Fighter game called Exo Primal. I don't even know what it was. It, it was weird. So I don't have any opinions on it, uh, except that it's weird. So I take it you don't really care about that either, huh? No. Okay. Dead by Daylight. Uh, we're getting a Nicolas Cage character. Um, he he actually showed up in person at Game right. Fest, which is I love Nicolas Cage. He, he's got this weird uh, dude. Nick Cage kind of has this this aura about him now, like we're like he's kind of cool to like. You know what I mean? Like he's kind of like permeating into the stratosphere of like one of these untouchable actors that just has a legacy. He's just like that guy. Mm -hmm. But uh, it was really interesting. And like he had a pretty cool persona. What I noticed about Nick Cage at the Summer Games Fest, when he was leaving, he kind of like – he was just kind of walking away. And everyone was like yelling and stuff. And he just kind of did this hand wave like, ah, I don't know. Like I don't know what I'm doing here. All right. We'll see you guys. You know, and he just kind of walked. He looked he dressed, dressed in the nines, showed up. He talked about – um, his character, you know, he said the story for his character in Death by Day. He's not a bad guy. He's a good guy. He thinks he's going to like a movie set or something. And like it turns out like it's real or like, I don't know. He's getting haunt, like hunted by like some bad guy or I don't know. But then it cut to the gameplay, dude. And you can almost hear the audience kind of laugh because, dude, they did not do a great job capturing Nick Cage at all. No, they they should have got it better than that. I mean, it really did not look like him very well. Like you know that it's supposed to be him, but I mean, come on. Like I don't know. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was interesting. Have you ever played Dead by Daylight? No, I, I haven't. Have. No. Okay. Yeah, they have quite a few uh, famous folks in there, so I guess he's just next on the list. That's fun, man. That's cool. And then we saw the Witcher season three trailer for Netflix. It looked awesome. It looked fine, but at this point, knowing that Henry Cavill is leaving, 
Dude, I will say this about this trailer. You can tell that they're the budget that Netflix is giving them to work with has been reduced. Um, some of the special effects in this trailer looked a little hokey to me. Um, and it was like kind of disappointing because, I, you know, I, I really have a love for The Witcher. And LJ, you've been playing The Witcher, right? Did you end up beating it? Mm-hmm. Not yet. Yeah, but it's so, it's so good, right? It's great. So good. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Yes. So uh, have you watched any of The, the Witcher on Netflix? I've seen the first season, um, not the second one. Do you think they scaled back on purpose because they think they're, you know, they're going to lose some viewers, or what? Why? I, it depends on when Henry Cavill told them he wasn't coming back. I mean, they, they usually the special effects is all done after the shooting, right? So they probably had all these scenes shot ready for special effects. And then he's like, yeah, I'm not coming back. I'm not renewing this contract with you guys. And they're like, oh shit, we're losing Henry. Now we got to pay how much for Liam Hemsworth to come in and take his spot. And we don't know how it's going to do. And we know with Henry leaving the fans, we're going to lose a good portion of the fans. Probably, um, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a skeptic about the whole thing. I I think it sucks. I think that, yeah, they probably pulled some funding or maybe they just, yeah, it's good enough when the special effects came back instead of being particular, you know, let's not spend more money on that. It looks fine, you know. Um, But, like, it's very possible that Liam Hemsworth gets in there and does a fucking knockout job. Maybe he does does a good job. I mean, who's to say that he's not going to? It's just, like, the viewers know that Henry Cavill – was a fan of the books right. and of the franchise. And the fact that he's walking creates a terrible optic, optical situation for what's going on. So I don't know. Any opinions on that, LJ? Nothing to add. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just kind of weird. It was, was kind of bittersweet watching that trailer. Um, next up, we got a trailer for Witchfire. Just a nice looking first person game. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, nothing fantastic. Uh, it wasn't anything that like dropped my jaw or anything. I wasn't like, whoa. But I mean, it looked nice. Uh, it'll be a nice game. I, I hope it does well. Um, there's uh, some sort of early access date revealed. Uh, I don't know what that date was. And I guess it doesn't really matter. If you're interested, go check it out on YouTube. They have the, the trailer up there. And uh, I don't know. I think VR2 was something I was excited to see stuff for. And we saw this Crossfire Sierra mm-hmm. squad. Um, that looks good. Now, you, you have Pavlov on VR2. You said it was kind of, like, weird. Yeah, it's just a, it's kind of hard, like, because you have to do everything. But this Crossfire Sierra squad looks um, really good. Uh, so it definitely got me intrigued. So we'll see when it, you know, how much it is um, and what the reviews are. But I'd definitely be interested. Yeah, yeah. I'm. Hey, every time I see a VR two game get announced, I just I'm like, okay, it's still happening. Like you know, there's still stuff. You know, they haven't given up yet. Um, so yeah, looks good, man. Remnant. We'll say the the trailer that they showed uh-huh. was like so over the top. It was like gun gunfire to gunfire explosion, like. 80s heavy metal like yeah. it was just it was a lot yeah. it was cool though yeah they but. went full bore dude yeah yeah um but uh remnant 2 they showed that i know a lot of people were excited about this game uh it looked cool 
Um, mm-hmm. I wish I, I knew more about it. And I, I think I, I don't really have much to say about this game. And this might be one that Jake is excited for. I don't know if he would be or not, but um, maybe I'll give him an opportunity down the road to talk about anything he thought was worth talking about. But do you, what's your experience with Remnant 2? Any, any, I don't know really anything. No, but I mean, it, from the trailer, like I was like, oh, I'd definitely be interested to learn more about this. I mean, I do really like co-op games. So um, that part especially um, kind of grabbed my attention. Yeah, for sure. And then the Sonic game, dude, that looks amazing. Uh, yes. You know, I'm not even a Sonic fan, but it it looks so slick compared to the originals. It's like, it's just like, here's the original and then we've done everything to make the original way better. Um, you know, and I, I, I don't, it looks like you can have, a, you know, Tails, Sonic. I don't know who the other characters are in the Sonic world, but. What, Knuckles what, is one. What's that? Knuckles is one. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. What do you think about this? Was this was this a nice showing? I don't know if this is coming to PlayStation or not. I, it's hard to say that it will. I would guess it would. Um, I was pretty interested just because I mean I have some younger kids and it's hard to find games that we can all like truly enjoy to play together. So yeah. this I, this made it look like you could play up to four people at once. Um, so I'd be down. I haven't played a Sonic game in a while, but I played it a shitload on the Sega. Um, I thought it was particularly cool in the beginning how like he was going back and forth between like the old 16 bit oh, yeah. and then, like the new graphics. That was really cool. Um, yeah, it says on so. The yeah, website. I mean, it's awesome. It says on their website. It says, uh, um, "More friends, more fun." For the first time ever in a Sonic game, play through the entire campaign with up to three other players with drop in and drop out four player local co op. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, dude. Um, it looks really good, man. Plays your favorite characters. She's from Sonic, Tails, Knuckles, and Amy Rose. And the other Amy you, Rose. Amy Rose is the other one. Yeah, dude, cool. Sonic, there you go. It's a Sega game. Um, and uh, this Honkai Star Rail got some stuff. And this is, I thought this was out already on PlayStation, but the way Jeff Keighley was talking is that it's not out yet on PlayStation. Is that true? This is from the makers of Genshin Impact. Oh, uh, okay. That makes a lot of sense. I don't know too much about this one, to be honest. It's, a, it's like a sci fi. Uh, role playing. It's a gotcha video game. Um, so it's by Mihoyo, and uh, it's published by Mihoyo also. Um, but it came out in April of 23 mm-hmm. for mobile devices. Um, I guess they have to port it still to PlayStation 4 and 5. I thought it already came out on PlayStation, but I, I guess I'm wrong on that. So. Uh, I'm curious to see how this thing does because my my brother loves Genshin Impact and uh, this is like a sci-fi version of that, I guess. So it looks <laughs> cool. The art direction's great. Like everything looks really nice about it, and this company clearly knows how to make these games. So if you're into that kind of thing, probably pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Um, next up, Lies of P. It has a demo out. Um, it's coming out the the game itself on nine seventeen twenty three. This is kind of like a Souls esque kind of game, but the art direction is amazing. It takes like this Pinocchio approach. 
um, where you lie, you lie or whatever, and uh, the they talk about Geppetto and like you have this mechanical arm, dude. I'm not gonna lie, I should have brought this up, but I downloaded this demo and tried it out, and uh, oh, and uh, it's. It's not easy, but it's also not hard. It's, I, I don't want to take that back. It's not easy, but it's not like so difficult so far in the demo that like I wanted to like just throw my controller. They give you like some respawn points. Um, the further, like it seems like every time you beat like a tougher boss, you get like a respawn point or whatever. Um, but the thing of it is that. I don't think the Souls games did. This game does. And I haven't played any of the Souls games, but I I, I did play uh, – not Bloodborne. What was the one with the uh, – this the, the samurai guy? What was that one called? Do you remember that game? <clears throat> oh, God. It's not Sekiro. It's uh, – it wasn't Bloodborne. With an N? Neo, yes. Neo. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Good job. Uh, Neo, yeah, I played Neo, and that game, the first boss in Neo, just I, I just quit. I deleted it. I, I got the game for free, played it. It was I, I probably tried to fight him like 25 times, and I couldn't beat him. He was that hard, and I just quit. Jeez. And Jake was like, yeah, he's the hardest boss in the game, everybody says. I'm like, oh, fantastic. You know, I'm glad. Can you imagine spending like 60 bucks on a game, 70 bucks on a game, not being able to get past the first boss? Like, so this game was not that, and... What was nice about Lies of P is you have this flask with you and for every successful attack that you deliver, the flask fills up a little bit. And when it gets full, you can drink it to replenish health. And it was such a nice feature for a difficult style game that it feels like there's a little bit of hope. Like, you know, if you have half life and you got some enemies in front of you, like, well, if I if I can just parry a couple times and get some swings in, I'll get to replenish my drink, and then I can, like, kind of hit, you know, without having to get killed and start the way at the beginning, I have a shot at getting healed here if I just play my cards right. So I will say I like that, and I absolutely love the art direction in this game. It's so cool, mm-hmm. but that's the problem with a lot of these Souls games. If you're not into that style of game, but the art direction in all these games, like Elden Ring, is so awesome. But like they're just not my style. Did what'd you think of this this trailer for this? Did you watch this? I did. Yeah, I agree with what you said. I mean, the graphics really caught me, but I'm not into Souls games, so I mean maybe if it was like a free PS game, PS plus game, I'd probably try it. Um uh the fact that you said it's not too crazy hard. Um maybe dip my toes in it. It's not it's not it's definitely not easy. But it, it feels like it's it's doable. You know what I mean? Like it, it's not punishing. It didn't seem – it just seemed like, okay, this is going to take a little bit of getting used to and I think I can get through this. Um, mm-hmm. it, it felt right. But who knows? I mean this is just the demo. So, of course, it's going to be the easiest part probably. But it was cool. Um, next up, I showed a Sandland. This is a Bandai Namco game. This is like based on some. I I don't know. This there's some history to Sandland. I don't know what it is. The art style is awesome. The game looks fine. Yeah. Do you know anything about this? I know it's based on a manga um, by Dragon Ball, the Dragon Ball creator. Okay. Um, so the whole Goku thing. Uh, I never got into that, but I agree. The art on this is what stuck out. I mean, to be honest, I feel silly kind of saying this, but like the whole 
uh, Summerfest, I've, that's what stuck out to me. There was just a lot of like good looking games. Like mm. it was hard to know in like the short snippets, like what the gameplay was like, or if I genuinely enjoy them, but they definitely, a lot of them look good in Sandland was no, um, was definitely in that. Yeah. 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 It wasn't any different than the rest of the cool stuff we saw. Like I, and it's like you said, man, to your point, like some of this stuff is like, they didn't show you so much that they had a chance to shoot themselves in the foot, these game trailers. And as long as what we saw looked competent and good and, and graphically interesting, like, you know, there really wasn't anything that was like, ah, oh, I don't know. There was a couple of things. Throne and Liberty is uh, an Amazon game, massive multiplayer online RPG. Uh, I don't even know if this is coming to PlayStation. It's, it says NetSoft and Amazon. Um, I don't really care about that. If you, you don't have anything on that, we can keep moving. Um, keep moving. Warhaven by Nexon Studios. Uh, don't even really know what this thing was about either. Again, it looked cool, but like, I don't know. Like, some of these games are starting to look kind of samey. Um, Party Animals was next. If it just stopped me, if you have something to say, Party Animals was an Xbox game. Uh, don't care about that. And not because Xbox, it just wasn't like my kind of game. And then Dying Light 2, they had some sort of weird cryptic statement. I don't even know what they were talking about. Like, oh, DLC's coming. And like, okay. And then it was like, on to the next trailer. And I was like, oh, that was weird. Um, but this one is a big one. Alan Wake 2 by Remedy. Um, you can play two different characters. We finally saw some gameplay. And, uh, dude, this looks awesome. Gorgeous. Yeah, it looks beautiful. That FBI jacket, just the way it looked in the dark, looks so good. Yeah. Just, they, they did some homework. It definitely looks like it's 30 frames per second, though. I'll say that. Um, looks like it's 30 FPS. But so be it. It doesn't look like a fast-paced game anyways. It looks awesome, though. And uh, Looks so good. Horror game, though, dude. Did you play the first Alan Wake? I didn't. I kind of want to yeah. just because I heard such good things. I hear the first one's more like suspenseful, yeah. which I could do that. Yeah. Um, it just looks so good. Yeah. I haven't played it either. Jake Jake told me I should. He said it. he wants to go back to it. He said that he, he had heard that like the, even the, the the remake of Alan Wake, Alan Wake or whatever they did with it. Um, it's one of those a little bit, just a wee bit of rose colored glasses looking back on it. Mm. But like, it still held up from what I understand. I'd like to get into that series. I did play Control, and I was not a fan of Control. Um, I played it and beat it, and uh, did not appreciate Control whatsoever. Put me in that. Game. I don't think it's a very long game, Alan Wake. So, yeah, I think it's like maybe ten to fifteen hours. Okay, twelve to fifteen. Dude, there's so many games this Halloween I want to play. So many spooky games. <sighs> all right. Now, the, the game we've all been waiting for mm. is up next. And I think this is going to rub Jake the wrong way. But Space Marines 2 <laughs> uh, is going to be a co-op campaign game. So Jake hates playing with other people, but he's so excited for this game. So is this the game that's going to make him cave and do some co-op right. shit? Now, they didn't say that you couldn't play it single player, but they definitely advertised it as a co-op game. Um, this is the the Warhammer Forty Thousand Space Marine Two game, and uh, damn, this looks awesome. I don't know, LJ. I, this game's awesome. It, it's just going to be so good. I can call it right now. 
I didn't get to play the first one. I wasn't really gaming then, so I'm super excited to play this one since y'all hype it up so much. Dude, it's so cool. <laughs> it's so rad. Uh, and I don't, I don't play like I don't play Warhammer shit. Like you guys know, I'm a like a tabletop gamer a little bit. I I like to think that I am, but I, I'm not as much as I just like miniatures and painting and shit. But like, um, dude, uh, the, the the original Space Marine game was really really fun and uh the fact that they're driving home campaign and story is just awesome on this one and uh i want to take this adventure with my friends so i think it's going to be super awesome um yeah i it, and it's coming out this winter by the way they, they didn't give a date but it's coming out this winter so it's not far off um perfect timing yeah and we don't have too many more here but yeah, we do actually. But we'll kind of go through. <laughs> Jesus, there's so much that went on. Uh, so let me see here. Yes, your grace. This game looked really awesome to me. It's made by Brave at Night Games. This game is already out apparently, and surprisingly, I think it's available on Mac on Steam. There are so few games available on Mac. I should just get it on my Mac and try it out. It caught my eye, like the art style. It's like kind of that. 2.5D or whatever they're calling it. You know what I mean? It's interesting. Yeah, with the pixely stuff. It, yeah, it looks like it was released in 2020 for Windows, Switch, Xbox. So PlayStation's finally catching up here. Um, but yeah, this one definitely caught my attention. I would I would try this one. Yeah, looks cool. And then we got a weird game out of the out of left field called uh, Toxic Commando. John Carpenter is. Uh, writing an original story apparently and it's called toxic commando and these it's about these groups or this group of people it looks like a co-op game during like the zombie apocalypse it looks like but the zombies almost look like they're electronic too don't they did they have like an Mm -hmm. element of like electronic to them i could see that yeah like the eye like their eyes and stuff look like they were like led lights or something i don't know it was really bizarre it's like a weird i'm interested i don't know We'll see what, you know, we didn't really get any gameplay or anything, so we'll we'll see. Just, we got, like, a cinematic. Um, get a new character in Baldur's Gate, don't care. Spider-Man 2, we saw a lot on that. Not really, really see a lot. They announced that release date. Um, we know that's exciting. Pal World, I don't remember what that was. Uh, it was almost like Pokemon looking. Yeah, it's kind of different. I don't know. And then uh, Black Desert, Land of the Morning Light expansion, I don't know what that's about. And then it's weird because the Gullum game kind of sucked, and then they they, they showed this dude. They showed this Lord of the Rings Return to Moria game, and I'm like, is this is this Daedalic Studios? But I don't think it is. It's like a Minecraft. Kind no. of, it's like a, like you tear apart a mine, and you're like you're the Gimli and his group back in Moria, and like, dude, I it's just bad. I I don't know. You know, I feel bad for Lord of the Rings fans because. They're just being absolutely cannibalized. Uh, the prop, the franchise. Yeah, I'm a big Lord of the Rings guy, and yeah, and I saw this, I just had to shake my head, dude. It's so sad. I guess we're going the way of GI Joe. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a bad feeling, isn't it? Yeah, because there's so much cool shit they could do with it, and then they just produce these turds. You know, it's sad. Yeah, it needs to go to capable hands that care. And, uh, and they used to make good Lord of the Rings games. I mean, some of my favorite games from PlayStation 2 were Lord of the Rings games. Yeah. So, Yeah, dude. I, I don't 
I don't know what to say about that. Dude, if you're a Lord of the Rings fan, have you ever watched the Lord of the Rings animated uh, uh, The Hobbit? Did you ever watch The Hobbit? Yes. With all the songs and stuff in it? Uh-huh. Crack the dishes, crack the plates. That's what Bilbo Baggins hates. Dude, I love that. It's so trippy and crazy, but like I saw Greta Van Fleet on Saturday Night Live once and their singer looked just like Bilbo Baggins from the animated Hobbit. And I made like this meme and nobody got it. But like if I can find it, I'll show it to you because it's spot on. Yeah. Like he was dressed just like Bilbo Baggins in The Hobbit. And he had like the curly fucking messed up hair parted like Yeah. Oh, dude. Looked just like him. Yeah, dude. That's cool. That's funny. Yeah, it's a deep cut. If you haven't seen the animated Hobbit, you gotta watch it, dude. It's actually really good. Okay, yeah. It's really good. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. I I like me some Lord of the Rings. I, I don't I read them. I've read them all once um and not to offshoot too much but the one character that that never made an appearance in the movies that i bombadil yes yeah dude i don't know why wasn't he in it mr shapeshifter yeah i don't i mean he's like supposed you know arguably the most powerful character in all lord of the rings I think like Peter Jackson just felt like there wasn't space to explore him and he didn't really have a huge impact in the books, which is kind of true, but he's just a cool character. I don't know. He's just so like laid back and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Such a cool character. All right. Well, anywho, uh, moving on. Um, they announced this weird thing for iOS and Android final fantasy seven ever crisis. I don't even know what this is. Um, and this is maybe where Jake is such a nerd. His expertise would be able to tell us more about this, but I don't, I don't know what ever crisis is. Do we know what it even is? I don't think it's an actual game that existed before. It sounds like they're just bringing final fantasy to mobile, you know, to hit that market. But holy shit, are we getting so much final fantasy here recently? It's just unbelievable. <laughs> it is kind of wild. Ever it crisis. seems like every week there's some news about. Yeah, it's crazy. Okay, so this is interesting. It, you're right. It, it looks like Final Fantasy VII made for mobile. Um, it, this is the same shit they did with War of the Lions, but not like they call the game something that it's not, and they rebrand it. And they, so you go to the Ever Crisis site, and it just says. Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis, experience the world of Final Fantasy VII as it unfolds, one chapter at a time, along with a new untold story of a quote-unquote hero. Um, it doesn't really say anything else about it, dude. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if it's a new story or what, but it's probably just kind of essentially Final Fantasy VII, one chapter at a time as they make them. Um, they're milking it for everything they can, and I don't blame them. Banisher's Ghost of New Eden, dude, made by Don't Nod. 2023, it's coming out this year. This is uh, the studio who does the Life is Strange games, but they have branched off, and they're making this Banisher's game, which I think looks really interesting. Uh, Agreed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, this was one that Jake and I couldn't remember the title of, and then I think it came to us, but we didn't really see a lot of gameplay in this, did we? In this trailer, did we we haven't seen a ton of gameplay yet. I feel like we saw some. Okay. Maybe not. No, I think maybe maybe we did, man. 
Um, it's it's just one of the, oh crap. Where's it at? Hold on. It's playing, dude. Give me one second. I'm gonna get in trouble. I paused it. Oh my gosh. I clicked the button and I have these little links on here and the sound kicked on. I was like, dude, we're going to get like copywritten stricken because I put the sound of the freaking trailer in here. Um, dude, I don't know. It looks good. This game looks awesome. It's on my list. It's on my list of things to keep an eye out for. Um, like a Dragon Gaiden was announced and I believe that's like the man who uh, erased his name or whatever. I've never played any of these games. Um, Me neither. I hear they're good. I don't know anything about them. And then I know a lot of people are excited over that one. And then this underwater game, dude, totally interesting to me. Quantic Dreams involved. Same. Dude, we're like hitting on the same games. We're like, oh, these are the yeah. ones. So it's it's called uh, Under Under the Waves. And uh, I don't even know what the premise is. Like this dude's just underwater and like the submersible. And like he's just living down there looking for something. Yeah, I thought it looked really cool. This is actually one that probably stuck out the most to me, I would say. Um, even though, ironically, I have a fear of being in water with something bigger than me. That's like one of my greatest fears. Um, I think it looks beautiful. And there's something about it that um, is mysterious. Like there's something else going on while he's down there um, that I want to know more about. Yeah, I thought the trailer was awesome. It starts off yes. with like him getting woken up. It's like good morning, blah 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 blah. Right? Then to say like it's it, like it is now, blah blah yeah. blah, and like it wakes him up. It's a, it's like essentially what you see with these outer space movies where like somebody's like mining Mars or something, and they're out there all by themselves, and they're like whatever they're doing, it has colossal importance. But, like, for some reason, they're on their own, and there's no explanation why. And, like, they're interacting with this uh, AI. And now this this guy in Under the Waves apparently is just in the ocean, and he's interacting with AI for some reason. And, like, he's, he's by himself. He's by himself, correct. He's completely solo, and, uh, like, he's on a mission. Like, his goal is to... They're trying to – he's trying to accomplish something, maybe to save humanity. Maybe he's looking for something. We don't really know, but it looks cool and cool to see Quantic Dream's name pop up. Um, this is the studio who was behind uh, – oh, gosh. The um, those uh, the, the Detroit Become Human, mm -hmm. um, those games. Uh, the, the Indigo Prophecy. I'm trying to think of the other ones that they've done. Um, I've been a big fan of Quantic Dreams, and uh, I think they're publishing this. I don't think they're developing it, but uh, kind of. I think I could be talking out my uh, A double S. But let me see. Uh, under the waves, this game. Yeah, is they're just publishing it. They're not developing okay. it. Okay, right. Okay, so good. I'm, I'm right on that. Quantic Dream. So it says Under the Waves is a narrative-driven adventure game about. The engulfing power of grief set in the depths of the North Sea in the techno-futuristic 1970s. Professional diver Stan is struggling to overcome a life-changing loss and embrace a new future. Sounds awesome. Yeah. And then he finds some shit down there. And like just a regular dude just trying to get through the day, you know, doing what he needs to do to kind of get through whatever's going on in his life. And then he uncovers something that we just don't know anything about. Awesome. All about it. Um, yep. 
They announced a new season of Warzone. Moving on. These Porsche-inspired consoles for Xbox, dude, they looked terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Weren't they the ugliest consoles you've ever seen? Yeah, they were hideous. They were just absolutely terrible. Just racing stripes all over them. Different colors didn't go with each other. Um, 75 made. None of them were to sell. We won them in a contest. Uh, Fay Farm, don't even care about it. Uh, this Marvel Snap Card game, they, some sort of new game mode, don't care about it. Uh, stop me if you need to. King Arthur Legends 5 on PC, don't even know what that is. Um, and then we got Twisted Metal, uh, a quick shot of some screen top. Not not just a teaser or trailer, Twisted Metal. And you sent me something to my phone, LJ, about this and how... You know, people were maybe not – people were maybe put off by this a little bit. And I think the article that you sent me was on Push Square. might have been, but it, it was mm-hmm. it was kind of like more so like you have to understand the tone of this. Um, and even then, maybe like it's still not striking the right chords. But I didn't mind this. I, I wasn't like, oh, God, I got to see this. I didn't, I didn't even laugh once either. My focus was on the hole in Sweet Tooth's mouth to see if the guy's mouth was moving when the, when he was talking. You know what I mean? Like that's where my focus was. I get, I don't know. It's just trying to find like an, an inconsistency. But what did you think of this? I mean, it did not blow me away. I love um, I love Twisted Metal. Those are some of my favorite games. Um, and and the link I sent you had a clip. And it was just very lackluster. It was kind of cringy. Um, also, they didn't show any cars, which is like kind of what Twisted Metal is. Uh, so it's just an odd choice to be like, here's Twisted Metal, you know, um, but no metal. Um, I don't know. It, eh, I'm keeping my expectations pretty low. Yeah. Yeah, I saw the clip and, and it seems like I don't know, man. It it seems like it was shot fine. It didn't look like a B movie. No. Like the quality was there, but it was it was the delivery and the content, right? Like are they missing the mark here? I think maybe. Cuz I mean, Twisted Metal is kind of corny and cheesy to some extent, so I understand why they'd want to include that. Mm-hmm. But it's also kind of I mean, it's about shooting each other with cars and stuff, and there was none of that. So, like, yeah. what are we doing? Yeah, it's almost like uh, they want, like, the cutesy, playfulness, satire of Borderlands. But you can't do that only in cars. Like, you need to get out of the cars to have those interactions. It's like, how do you – How do you? What, what's the purpose for them to be outside of their vehicles? Yeah, it's weird. It almost would would work better if they had like some sort of like uh, FaceTiming thing with all the vehicles, like they could FaceTime each other. Um, and, That'd be cool. And it was just like this nonstop romp with action and like you know them drawing off to one another and like I don't know. It would be kind of hard to keep track of though, too, to be honest. Like I don't know. It'd be like having like a Mario Kart movie and, or or TV series, right? Like how do you how do you keep track of everybody on the track? You know what I mean? I get it, but like at least have him like step out, have Sweet Tooth step out of his ice cream truck. Or exactly. Yeah, right. That's a good point. It's so iconic. <laughs> I don't know. 
Did you see the teaser trailer where we did see his ice cream truck? I don't think so. I, I've only seen stills of okay, it. Okay, yeah, yeah. So they, they did show the truck, but you're right. Like, Summer's Game Fest, people, people want to see the vehicle combat. They don't want to see Twisted Metal joking, uh, or uh, not Twisted Metal, but uh, they don't want to see a Sweet Tooth and whoever the other character is that plays Falcon and the Avengers. Mm-hmm. They don't want to see those guys joking about a song. The thong song. The thong, yeah, song. the thong song that has nothing to do or, yeah. with Twisted Metal. So, I mean, it was kind of funny. But, like, it's only funny if we know that you're going to get it right. Out of context, it's just, like, concerning. You know what I mean? Well, if if Sweet Tooth wasn't dressed up like Sweet Tooth, would that have been Twisted Metal? No, not even close. Right. So, yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Well, point taken. I get it. Totally. Um Two left, Immortals of Avium. We get gameplay. Gameplay trailer number two is on YouTube. Now you can watch this. This game, man, like, I want to like, I want to be interested, but something is still kind of like not, not hitting me. Yeah. Um, It's a pretty game. The mechanics seem pretty cool. Um, I don't know how to describe the theme, but I think for me, it's like the setting, the theme. Like, I like futuristic stuff, but uh, I, I don't know. Um, it seemed a little try hard, but it, I wasn't like turned off to it completely. But It's almost like they were like, let's create a superhero. Sure. But it's like, we don't. Like, we only care about superhero games because they're already superheroes that we care and love. Love. Like, you can't just make a game and say, this person's a superhero. They're going to save the day. Like, that doesn't work. Like, there's got to be some some lineage. There has to be some sort of, you know what I mean, like foundation. There's just not that with this game. And I think, like, if this character, if, if Immortals of Avium was a thing before this game and it had a following, people would be jazzed about this game. But no one really even knows what it is, you know? Um, yeah. You can't just create characters and expect it to do well. And that's that's the reason why I think Naughty Dog is so successful is that they are they, they manage to create characters that uh, that resonate out of thin air. And it's like, how do you do that? You know, the, mm-hmm. this character just doesn't 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 do it for me. Something about his looks or like seems like mar it seems like a marvel to me it it feels like it plays it fe- it it looks like it plays i don't know i don't even know how to word this like when you watch a marvel movie um the feeling you get watching that movie it's just like so everything is just so obvious and on the face you know what i mean like I, I don't expect the like, Immortals of Avium to do anything that's going to be like groundbreaking. I think it's just going to be very cookie cutter based on these trailers, a very cookie cutter story about somebody that saves their world. Yeah. And I mean, it's the first release from Ascendant Studios, which is kind of um, a hodgepodge of people who 
Um, it was founded by like um, people involved in Dead Space, Call of Duty. So it's kind of like their first like at bat. Like here's what we're here's what we got to offer. So I hope you know it's something good. But yeah, I mean, it comes out next month. We'll see what the reviews say. But well, you know what? Like I, I'm not I'm not dogging on it. I just I just think that like. There's just something about it for me personally that it doesn't like – it doesn't really like – there's nothing in any of these trailers that like hits home for me where I'm like, oh, man, I feel connected to this. Like I feel like this is a game I have to play. You know what I mean? It's pretty, yes. It looks awesome, yes. It looks uh, like the the combat might be really cool, yeah. But still, mm-hmm. it's still missing something and I don't know what – I can't put my finger on that. It's like an – it's a – I don't know. It's an intangible thing. I don't know what it is, but I could be way wrong, man. This game might just knock it out. It might be awesome. The story might be absolutely riveting. They could just kill it with this game. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know, though. You know, but my initial impression is that every there's no reason for me to dislike what I've seen, but I still have that bullshit detector in my head that's like this game's probably not that great. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Going off, but I don't know. I don't know what it is, dude. But anyways, the lastly, but. Uh, last but not least, and I thought this was really funny because when they showed the uh, Final Fantasy Ever Crisis, he goes, and speaking of Final Fantasy, and everyone was like freaking out. And then he goes, hold on. He goes, no, it's not what you think it's going to be. <laughs> Implying that we weren't going to get any other Final Fantasy news. He's like, if you order DoorDash and you do use the code Final Fantasy, you get like X amount of money off right now tonight for Summer Games Fest. And everyone just starts laughing. He's like, I'm glad I dodged that bullet because you guys would have been really mad. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not trying to build up hype that doesn't exist. And then, boom, the last thing they show is Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. And we get the continuation of the Final Fantasy VII. And uh, it's coming out in early 2024, which is really fucking soon. Dude, like, I can't believe this. Like that's no, like how are they this far ahead, far on? I can't believe they're actually doing this. And they said it's going to ship the physical copy with two discs, which is like kind of into that, dude. I'm all in, all in, dude. And uh, it's different. It looks different than Final Fantasy VII. So they must be doing. They must be playing on this. I think this is also an alternate universe Final Fantasy VII game. So it's probably a little sacrilege, but I've never played a Final Fantasy all the way through. But this one probably intrigued me the most. Um, just like the color choices, yeah. um, the fighting. Um, so I'm super excited. I might uh, try to play this one. So you haven't played seven? I haven't, no. Oh, Jay, I haven't played any. You need to play seven, dude. Put it on easy and just take a rip through it, dude. It's Jake and I both play it. We love it. It's good. It's really good. And you're going to need to play 7 to play Rebirth, dude. Just do it. It's free right now for you if you're a Plus member. That's that's the game right now. Get it done before 2024. That's your mission. All right. All right. We'll do that. That's your homework, homework assignment. <laughs> oh, brother. Cool. Dude. And then I'll throw, I'll throw uh, this out there, too. I read today that there's a rumor that Final, they're remaking Final Fantasy X as well. Oh, yeah, yo, you sent that to me. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Just so much Final Fantasy. So much. And we're getting 16 soon. Um, yeah. I don't even know what to say about all that. I mean, like, 
Dude, one time, this is this is for old listeners of the podcast. One time, Jake and I were offered uh, free tickets to go to Pittsburgh to watch the Pittsburgh Philharmonic play music from the Final Fantasy games. And they showed like they had it like playing on a big screen. So we went like they they gave us free tickets to go because we had this podcast and it was like one of the coolest things we got to do. Um, and then on the way home, we did a podcast in the car on the way home. I don't know what episode it is, but it's real. And uh, it was like maybe a bonus episode. It was like one of the coolest things. Unfortunately, at the time, I wasn't like I'd only played a handful of Final Fantasy games, so I didn't like really know a lot of the songs. But uh, it was such a cool thing to be a part of. You know what I mean? Like it was like, wow, this is this is sick. So that's a little tri- that's trivia for the listeners. Jake and I got to do that a long time ago. Every once in a while, this podcast earns us something kind of different to do, but you know, affords us an opportunity. But um, the true opportunity is just doing the podcast and hanging out with our buddies, like we did today. LJ, I appreciate the time that you spent with me. Um, appreciate you jumping on the show on a Friday night. I know you're a busy family guy. Jake, unfortunately, is in Nashville, and uh, he was at he was at like some sort of bar late at night, and uh, he sent he sent me a message at like midnight, and he said, "Yo, dude," he goes, "There's a band playing the Chain by Fleetwood Mac, and they're probably getting paid five thousand dollars to play tonight in Nashville." And he said, "Our version is so much better than theirs." <laughs> I was like, "Dude, because we do do cover songs once in a while, and we did start rehearsing <laughs> the chain by Fleetwood Mac, which is arguably one of their most famous songs. And uh, we were nailing it, but I was having some trouble with the vocals because I'm not, I'm not that kind of a singer, dude. But like, so it took a lot of work, you know. And Sarah was harmonizing with me, but we got it to a point where it was really good. And then like, we hit a streak of like two or three weeks, four weeks where we didn't get a chance to practice, so we lost all the progress we had made on playing this thing." And, uh, but he, he, he said, I don't, I don't think it was a drunk text. I think it was just like, he was out at work. He went out to a bar to catch some live bands, Nashville. You can't go to a better place to find live music, but that's old Jake, you know, um, in the pocket, just like recognizing and, and lifting us all up by saying like, we do a better version of this band. FYI guys. <laughs> so yeah, dude. But thanks so much, LJ, for being a part of the show today. This has been episode 280 of PS. This is awesome. You can tune in every week. Show goes live for non-patrons every Monday. You can tune into YouTube, and uh, you can, if you're a patron, you can get the show early. Like some of our patrons are really going to get it early. Jake and I never record on Fridays, so this is going to be really nice. Going to get it out of the way for the weekend. I can get some uh, more caulking done on my. Uh, Got to be careful how you say that word. You got to throw yeah. an L in there. You just might say something you might regret. Um, but yeah, dude. Uh, LJ, what do you know, man? I, I appreciate you, man. And it's so nice to have you back on the podcast. And, uh, you know, by all means, you should come on sometime with Jake and I. And uh, we can do, uh, you know, maybe the next Sony thing or something that goes on. You're always welcome. Just let me know if you're interested. You know, um, the thing with Jake and I is we, we don't really. And the, pa- the, pa- the, the patrons like yourself know that, that that episode I put up on Patreon shows up at the most random times during the weekend. And it just depends on when I get it done. Um, so it's kind of tough to like have a set schedule to record. But if you're ever interested, if something you want to talk about on the show, just shoot me a message. You're always welcome. This is, uh, you know, um, obvious. It should be obvious um, 
for everybody. LJ's been a crucial part of us, even like me especially being motivated to do this podcast. The just the the positivity you were sending me with text messages about gaming and how the show kind of got you back into PlayStation that meant a lot to me. And uh, I'm happy to have you here, man. So thank you so much for doing the show. And uh, you know, um, maybe down the road we'll we'll do another one just you and I. Uh, you're always welcome to join in any any episode. Just write and ask. You're not you're never intruding. If you want to jump in, you have something you want to talk about, something you're you're stoked on. Um, even if not for the full episode, if you just want to jump in for a little bit, you're welcome to. Um, but yeah, thank you, man. The floor is yours. Say whatever you want to say. Yeah, just appreciate you having me on. Um, appreciate everything that you and Jake do uh, for not only the PlayStation community, but I think the greater gaming community. Um, yeah, and I uh, can't wait to have Jake back next week. He's always a wealth of knowledge. Uh, appreciate his humor as well. So, yeah, looking forward to it and appreciate the, the invite. And it was a great time with you tonight. Yeah, man. And Charlie over there. Yeah, there he is. Yeah, he's been in the video the whole time. Usually he doesn't make the video, but he, he's he's in it. He's in it this week. So he's snoozing. Snoozing. Just three dogs hanging out, you know? Yeah, dude. That's for sure. <laughs> well, all right. Well, let's not keep the listeners any longer. This has been kind of a longer episode. Uh, we're clocking in at just about an hour and 40 minutes. So, um, that's it, man. You know how to end this off with me. So, like Octopath Traveler 2, off the grid in Overland. P.S. Yes. This is awesome. This is awesome. <laughs>